So not only is it important for earthly relationships, but it's just as important with our heavenly relationship with our Father. Um, I know that we focus on prayer. We got to pray. We got to pray. And for us, that seems like we're always just bringing our requests to God. And so the hard part, at least for me, is listening to God. The hard part is, is God speaking to me? And if he is, how do I know that, he's, that it's his voice? And I know that that's a common question for a lot of teens. I know that Brad gave me just some sheets earlier tonight, and he had said that, uh, I guess, what, at the very beginning of this year, hot topics, right? That's our series. What are some hot topics? And there were many, many notes like these. How do you know when God is speaking to you? How am I supposed to believe in a big, invisible man in the sky? I do, but sometimes it's difficult when you can't hear, see, touch, or even talk at times. And then why don't you talk to me, God? Why can't I hear you? Why can't I hear you? Is that something that you struggle with? I struggle with it. I think if you asked most Christians, we would rather hear God speak to us more than we do. And for some, we feel like we don't even hear him speak at all. So the question tonight is, does God still speak? Does he speak? And if he does speak, am I listening? Am I listening? Okay, we got to start with the very first step, and that's the Holy Spirit. So when you come become a believer, the Holy Spirit really pulls and draws you this to, to the Lord, right? Um, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He takes up residence when we become a believer. And he's super important, not only as a comforter, as a strength, as um, a, a, a shepherd. He leads and he guides and he teaches and he instructs. But he is the revealer of truth. We understand and interpret God's word through the Spirit as, he, as his Spirit communicates with our spirit. He allows us to eliminate all the distractions of chaos and, and, and confusion, and he gives us clarity. So the Holy Spirit is key. The scripture for tonight, okay, okay, and, and we're like working together here tonight. Okay, the scripture for tonight is John 10, 3. My sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep by, my, by name and leads them out. So the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And my mouth is so dry. Sorry, guys. Mm. Okay. So Jesus promises us that he will hear our voice. He is our good shepherd. We are his sheep if we are called by his name. Now, that's, that's critical, isn't it? I mean, if we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the factor to hearing God's voice, if we aren't a follower of Christ, are we going to hear his voice very much? Probably not. Listening is just as important as talking when we're trying to communicate. The fact that we don't hear is not, it does not mean that he's not speaking. So just because we don't hear does not mean that God is not speaking. Now, Psalm 19 says the heavens declare the glory of God, right? I mean, when, when he created, he spoke and he had supernatural power to create the stars and the moon and the earth. 
He spoke it into to being, and, and he speaks to us through creation. But we're not talking through, uh, about the many different ways that we see God and see his glory and speak to us today. We're talking about you and me communicating with our Savior, with the God of the universe. Okay, there's three ways of hearing his voice through the Holy Spirit. The first one is the Bible. Okay, now I know you're sitting there thinking, okay, oh my goodness, we're talking about the Bible again. We have to read our Bible. We have to do devotions. But we're going to start with the Bible because that is the primary way that we hear God's voice. Now, the, uh, this is a huge passage, and let me set it up. It's 2 Peter 1, 16 through 21. Peter is giving, uh, um, he, he, he's giving an illustration of what happened on, uh, when Peter, James, and John went to the mountain, um, and, and Jesus was transfigured before his eyes. I don't know if you remember that story, but he literally was at the top of the mountain. Jesus wanted to give a glimpse of his glory. He was all in white, and Peter is reflecting upon this particular situation. Okay, I'm going to bring it up on the board. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to take us through it bit by bit. Peter says, For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, said to Jesus, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. He said it from the heavens. So Peter, James, and John witnessing this Jesus transfigured before his eyes, talking with Moses and Elijah, and the, I mean, I can't even imagine, and a voice from heaven comes down and says, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. And it goes on to say, we ourselves heard that this voice from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. What does that mean? That means the message in his word. So the prophets, the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament and the collection of his word. He's saying because of that experience, because of the transfiguration and the glory of God being revealed and a voice from heaven, because of that experience, we have even more confidence in the word of God. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophets, from the person's own understanding, or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. So what's Peter saying here? He's saying... I had one of those God experiences, you know, one of those experiences that I would love to have today where God audibly talks to me. I want that, right? And Peter's saying, even, even that, I now have even more confidence in the Scripture, in the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says that the, the Word of God is living and active. It's living and active, but what happens if we don't read it? If we don't read the scripture, is it living and active in our lives? It's living and active in the world and in others' lives, but is it living and active in ours? Through his word, 
through his testimony. This is his testimony. When you have a testimony, when we give up and we share something really personal about our lives, that's called a testimony. And that testimony is found in the Word of God. We learn about his character and who he is. We learn about him. We learn about who he is and and who he is to us. So, primarily, he speaks to us through God's word. Secondly, he speaks through us through others. You know, um, this happens quite a lot, I think. I think, um, you know, as you're going along and and someone gives you a special encouragement and it it just really pricks your spirit, you know, it, it gives you a check in your spirit. Or maybe a verse someone shared with you really means a lot. Or Brad, when he speaks, or any of the guys, I mean, anybody speaks, and something, there's something in your spirit that says, oh, man, that was, that was really good. That really stood out to me. That's God speaking to you through others. Um, prayer. Sometimes I can be praying and literally mid, I, I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying aloud, and, and literally words come out, and I think, oh, my goodness, I, I didn't even plan on saying that. That is cool because it's a word to me from me. It's crazy. But God speaks to your heart through others, through yourself, through prayer. And then thirdly, God speaks through this still, small voice. In the scripture, um, I think it's up, uh, on the next screen, 1 Kings 19.12, it's talking about Elijah. Elijah was super depressed. He was like, man, I, you know, I'm doing what you want me to do, God. And, you know, he, he's got Jezebel and Ahab running after him. You know, these wack I mean, they were wackadoodle people. And, 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 and he's like, oh, you know what? I'm so depressed. I want to go in a cave, and I just want to die. You know, I just want to die. And the Lord came to Elijah, and he said, Elijah, what are you doing? Where, where are you? What are you doing? And, and, and he, said, he said that. He's like, Lord, I've done everything you want me to do. And yet, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm tormented here. And he said, he said, go out to the front of the cave. And he said, my presence will meet you there. And there was this big gush of wind. And it was throwing the mountains around. And then there was this big earthquake. And then there was this big fire. And Elijah, you know, standing there, I'm sure. And the, the, the text says, but yet... God was not in the wind or the earthquake or the fire. These big, ginormous events that we want so much, so desperately to have with God, he wasn't in that, but he was in the quiet, gentle stillness of a voice. He was in that quiet, still voice. There's, there's three translations that I, that I put together for you. A gentle whisper. He was in the gentle whisper. He was, he was in the... the um, well, I don't have it. Do I have it? He was in a still, small voice and the sound of a low whisper. It's a slice of a whisper, one translation says. A slice of a whisper. That's how God comes to you. He doesn't come to you and, or, you know, shake you and throw you around. He comes to you in a still, small voice. And yet, we, our, our, our nature, our tangible selves, from the intangible, right? We're tangible. God's intangible. We're the finite, he's the infinite, and we want a tangible sign, don't we? We want a sign, and we want a voice. We want to hear it, Lord. I want to hear your voice. Just like the Pharisees in, in Matthew 12 and 16, chapters 12 and 16, two, two situations where the Pharisees came to, to Jesus and they said, Jesus, 
Give us a sign. We want a sign that you are who you say you are. And Jesus is like, you know, you know what? I've already given you signs. I've, I've healed lepers. You know, I've raised people. I've done all of these miracles and signs, and yet you still don't believe. You still don't believe. So why am I going to give you a sign? If I were to give you a sign, would you hear it? Would you follow my voice? If I told you what to do, would you do it? Often, God uses multiple ways to speak to us, okay? He, 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 there, there was this uh, time not long ago, three different ways. It was so cool. I was listening to the radio on a teaching, and, and, uh, and this, this gal said, you know, oftentimes it's about uh, God loving you. It's about accepting the fact that God loves you, not the fact that you love God. It's receiving the love. And I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. I go to a conference a couple weeks later. The teacher says, if you aren't stretching yourself, if you don't feel stretched, either you're not working hard enough or you don't believe that God loves you. And then third, I am not kidding you, the same week at the table, this, this lady I don't know, she's from another part of the country, she says, you know, I've really been reflecting on the fact that I really have to receive God's love instead of it being about me loving God. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And it meant so much to me. It meant something very specific to me, and it equipped me for something that I needed to do. But I needed that word. He spoke to me three times. God doesn't give you something once and then drops it. If he wants you to know it, he'll confirm it. Okay, so he speaks. We've clarified. God speaks today. He speaks. So if he speaks, why don't we hear him? Four things. First, we have to turn we have to turn to his voice. We have to turn and listen to his voice. Turning either means we have to turn from sin, from the sin that maybe we're involved with to hear him, or we're just need to, we just need to turn and, and, and put our attention and our eyes on him. When we turn to God, when we turn away from the distractions of our life, then we will hear God. We have to, he won't compete with the other things in our lives. He wants your attention and yours only. When Moses came to the burning bush, he's like, huh, a burning bush, and it doesn't burn. That's really weird. He turns from his normal activities, right, of tending his sheep. He turns and goes to the burning bush. The scripture says, when God saw that Moses turned and looked at the bush, that Moses, that he had his attention, then he said, Moses, Moses. He didn't say Moses, Moses, and then he turned. He got his attention. He was trying to get his attention, and then he spoke to him. He wants our undivided attention. Secondly, listen and learn to identify his voice. Now, you know, I made the mistake. I am not, I'm a parent, but I'm human. And so when earlier in my parenting days, I told the girls that uh, you will know God's voice when he speaks to you. You know, I mean, I just, that, I, and I probably said it like that too. And then, um, but I learned, God taught me that I needed to learn God's voice. That just like um, when you first meet someone, I mean, a voice is distinctive, right? A mother knows the child's voice, but you have to learn, you have to t- tune your ear to it. 
Um, 1 Samuel 3 gives us an account of, of Samuel when he was a little boy in the temple, and Eli was there, and, e, and, and Eli was, is, is uh, sleeping in one room, and, and Samuel was sleeping in another with the presence of the Lord, and, 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 and the Lord said, Samuel, Samuel, and he went, ran into Eli's room. Three times he did this because he thought Eli was talking to him. And Eli finally, because he was a wise, wise man of the Lord, he said, Samuel, it's the Lord speaking. When that happens again, say to him, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. So the beautiful part in that is, one, Eli was helping Samuel to discern God's voice, but Samuel needed to hear and understand that that was God and that that was his voice, and he learned to listen and to identify who it was. We need to know our shepherd, okay? We need to know who God is. When God does speak, are we familiar with him enough to recognize him as his voice? Do you know what I mean? So, like, for instance, when a friend comes out of the blue and you hear her voice and you think, wow, that's familiar to me because you know her, do you know her voice? Do you know her? So do you know his voice? Now, I know it's sometimes hard to distinguish. Okay, I've got all these voices in my head. I've got, I've got the Lord, I've got my voice, and I've got the enemy. You have to distinguish between those three voices because just like God speaks through us through intentions and thoughts, the enemy will speak to you with in, in, in your intentions and thoughts. And then you have your own selfish little, little human side to you, your own voice. Um, there's a, uh, okay, I'm going to go on. Um, indications of God's voice. So here, here we can try to identify, well, how do we discern? Is it God, is it the enemy, or is it us? One, that, that God's voice has weight to it, okay? I know that that's a term that's a tangible term, and we're trying to use it in a very subjective way, but weight to it. And when I say that, just like... Um, when you have been listening to a sermon or um, maybe, uh, maybe in prayer and you felt something impress upon your heart, I mean, really heavy, like, wow, that really was cool. My daughter and I, we get chills sometimes, like, ooh, that gave me chills. Because there's weight to it. It affects who we are. It affects our soul. And so when that happens, when God speaks to you, you know it because there's a weightiness there that is, is nothing like anything else. So that's one. Two, are the instructions, or are, is the voice vague, or is it clear? Because God is a God of order and peace. He's not a, a God of confusion and, and, and disarray. So is it clear, or is it vague? Is it contrary to God's will? That's why it's so important to know what God's will is in Scripture. If we don't know what God's will is, how can we discern his voice? But is it, is it consistent with God's word? Do, does, does the voice confirm or violate God's true nature and character? Does it confirm and, or violate God's true nature or character? Is it condemnation or conviction? Like, man, Karen, you're really, that is, you're really bad at that. Wow, man, you stink. You should never try that again, right? Okay, that's condemnation. Okay, the voice of the Lord does not do that. Um, Karen, was that, was that really um, something that you should say to that person? Maybe you should go and apologize. Do you see the difference? Condemnation versus conviction, huge. Does, uh, does it lead you onto God's path? Is it directing you to God or away from God? Like, 
man, I can't believe he just cut me off. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to speed up and get right on his tail because he really, really upset me just now. Okay? Um, that's not leading down the path. That's leading down to like a, a wreck and a call to uh, mom and dad. Um, so no, you know, you've got to discern that, right? And more importantly or not, if, if you were really feeling something like the Lord is, is talking to your heart, talk to, a, talk to a person that knows, a wise person, a counselor, somebody is, that's a friend that you know knows, like Samuel did with Eli, okay? Third thing, be prepared to obey his voice. All right, if he tells you to do something and you're not prepared to obey, what's the point? Okay, what's the point? Rich young ruler comes to the Lord and says, Jesus, how can I inherit eternal life? And he said, sell all your possessions and follow me. And he went, hmm. And he went away and he was sad. He was grieved, it says. Because you know what? He couldn't do it. So we're wanting to hear his voice, but then if we hear his voice, will we do what he says? And if we don't do what the written word says, what's to say we're going to do what the verbal, the, the, the still small voice says? We have to decide. All right. And then third, or fourth, sorry. Listen with intentionality. Be determined to find him. Man, if you're determined to find him, he will find you. In Jeremiah, it says, when you call, when you're ready and you're, and, and, and you're ready to seek me, seek me, call on me, and I will find you when you seek me with your whole heart. He will find you if you seek him with your whole heart. Okay, last, last big point, okay? I know that some people, you know, they're, they're, they're going along and they're like, man, I just don't feel close to God. You know, I had this mountaintop experience, now I'm in the valley, or I just don't feel it. Man, I just don't feel God. Okay, first of all, we are sensory people. We have five senses, and we are very, we want to feel things, right? Music, I love music. God has given us music for praise and worship, and for a very specific point, it, it meets our soul, it bypasses our mind, and comes straight to our soul. But music is the feeling okay? Because it, it does feed our soul, okay? That's part of our worship and part of our praise, but worship is far more than that. So worship is intentional. Worship is fear of the Lord and service and sacrifice. That's what worship is. So praise, yes, we feel it, but obedience has to precede emotion. Okay, let that sink in. Obedience precedes emotion, but that's not fair. We want to feel it first. But that's not how God works. He says, obey me, serve me, and then we'll worship on the mountain. Then we'll praise on the mountain. Then we will praise. We have to be obedient first. It's just like any relationship. You know, we start out and we, um, we're, we're, we're in love, you know, and we're like feeling it. And then, you know, 30 years later, we're like, well, I love that person. Yeah, sure. But there's a decision to obey and to make a commitment to that person, to love them and to sacrifice. Then the feeling comes, just like the Lord, just like the Lord. So this is my question for you tonight. Well, actually... This is, a, this, is, this is a quote from, from Dallas Willard. It's, he says, Our concern for discerning God's voice must be overwhelmed by and lost in our worship and adoration for him and in our delight with his creation and his provision and whole life. He's not going to swoop down and just fix it when you want to fix it. 
This is about relationship, about walking together, experiencing him, and learning about who he is and hearing him along the way. So tough question. Have you ever made a decision to follow Christ? Because that's kind of the starting point. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you will never hear from the Almighty God in that way on an ongoing basis. Two, is, if he is who you, you say he is, if he is the God of the universe, isn't it time to invest in a little bit in the relationship? I know you guys are busy, man. I mean, our house, they're up till 1 o'clock every night doing homework. I could fill a... A 30-hour day, if I had 30 hours, or 40-hour day, we would always fill what we have, but we, we don't have it. We have to seek him first. What would it look like? Let me just leave you with this. What would it look like if you had a relationship with God? What would it look like? Would you have more courage, more love, more strength? Picture it in your mind. What would it look like to have a relationship with God? God speaks but you have to listen. You have to listen. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Man, our time went fast, but God, um, I know this is a topic not just for uh, high school students. This is a, top, a topic for adults, for followers of you. Father, we want to hear your voice, and we get distracted, and there's things in our life, and there's just messiness, and Father, sometimes it's hard to set that aside and really concentrate on who you are. But Father, um, I pray that for these students. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a spirit of hope and encouragement and love. And I pray, Father, that you would bind a spirit of discouragement and busyness, and you would really set them apart for your purposes and your plans. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Nothing more than strangers passing by out on the street Memories are fading though it's only